Wait. You don't sound autistic. Well, what does an autistic person Wait. sound like? You're autistic? Yeah, I'm telling you that. You don't even look autistic. But, but we're talking about... Yeah. But, but I don't buy it. But I, I was diagnosed with autism and ADHD and anxiety and depression. You don't sound autistic. Welcome back to another episode of You Don't Sound Autistic. I'm Blake. I'm Rochelle. And I'm autistic. And I'm not. And we're... Thank you. <laughs> trying to uh, keep this train moving. Um, we always like to welcome everyone back. Make sure that you subscribe to the podcast on your preferred platform so you can be notified of the newest episodes when they're released. Make sure you also join the Facebook group. Join the group. Join the conversation. The face group, Facebook group is You Don't Sound Autistic YDSA. We also like to welcome listeners from different countries and new people joining the Facebook group, all of our listeners from all around the world. And if you listen to the previous episode, we actually named, I don't know, several different countries. 29, I think. Was it 29? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sounds right. Um, and uh, people from all over the United States. So we'd like to thank you so much. And we have a new spiel because uh, someone in one of the groups I was uh, posting the the new episodes in was like, um, your show sucks. <laughs> so, uh, so to those that think the show sucks, that's not what happened. That's what happened. She and was so just, we have, okay. Let's you, hear it, Rochelle. You Take us on a 12 minute tirade. <laughs> For our new listeners. You Don't Sound Autistic is a mental and emotional health awareness podcast. Each week, we do our best to represent both neuro perspectives and talk about the continual discovery process of life on the spectrum. Our goal is to eliminate, un, sorry, il- illuminate. No, let's eliminate it. No, I said it right. I just read it right. Re- English. Reverse. English. Strike that. Reverse it. <laughs> Our goal is to illuminate, uncover, and transparently discuss life with multi-diagnosis in a multi-generational neurodiversity family. We follow an open, unscripted conversational format that represents the real life and back, what is going on? Real life back and forth of communication and collaboration. Even if you aren't raising the next generation, you'll find the comparison of the age groups helpful in seeing the more hidden patterns in the DNA of your lifestyle and lineage. My eyes jumbled a lot of that. And today they were jumbling between the lines. That was different. So <clears throat> that was difficult to read, actually. If well, you couldn't tell. It's funny because you wrote it. I know, but it's not It's not about writing it. It's about I'm getting a lot of PT denim on my neck and my nerve but it doesn't matter, but my vision has been deeply affected by some of the things that I'm experiencing in physical therapy. And my vision has been a little bit more blurry lately and it makes, um, kind of complicates dyslexia. So that was, that was really challenging. Ouch. Cool. Ouch. And here we are at, in the uh, middle of the afternoon, late evening, early evening. I don't know what time it is. And Rochelle's drinking coffee. I'm drinking green tea. Oh, fancy. But again, we just want to make sure everyone knows that you should be feeling welcome, whether you're self-diagnosed, undiagnosed. Um, you don't necessarily know what the hell you're doing here. 
Um, we're here to guide you. If you're just... To the right direction. Curious and questioning and just... To a new direction, or as I like to call it, a nude erection. <laughs> no, a new direction is Nude correct. erections that are is, welcome that is here. Not, that is not dyslexia. Send that your is... dick pics to Rochelle. <laughs> no, at, no. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm joking. I'm just joking. That's hilarious. Thank you. Okay. Um, I would rather jump right into the news and pop minute because that's the things i get excited about because i'm a weirdo but um what's what you know let's let's i i was i wasn't sure exactly what we were gonna every up here's the thing like rochelle said this is unscripted every episode to be honest we don't know what we're gonna talk about we have ideas we, get in here. we, we come, have ideas we, we have ideas we write stuff down but um I think Rochelle has a lot more things written down in her head than I have written down in mine. <laughs> That's for sure. Um, but, uh, but like today, for instance, Declan got his second official professional haircut. Rochelle was a little bit butt hurt because I uh, I said that he got his second real haircut. She was like, wait, I've been cutting his hair for years. And uh, she got into this conversation with a mom. Okay. To, to be fair, I she approached me. Okay. But she got into a conversation with a mom because at one point during the haircut, Rochelle's like, blah, 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 blah. He's autistic. Talking about Declan. To the hairdresser who was clearly just rushing through and not narrating and scaring the hell out of him. I'm just adding (laughs) in my pieces. So this mom, who our kids had just spent the last 30 minutes playing together. It was pretty apparent. I'm not even necessary. Go on for the 45 minute spiel. I know. I'm just saying like our kids had just spent all this time playing together waiting for their turns. So it's not like the conversation happened out of nowhere. It's that, you know, our kids were playing together. Yeah. I had a whole line of thought behind that and Mm. you totally talked over it. So go ahead with your spiel. I don't have a spiel. Spiel it. I was adding in details. Spiel it. I don't need your colorful details. I need to be able to think. <laughs> okay, so you said I got butt hurt, which I did, because you said first real haircut, and I've worked really hard on his haircuts up until now, using sensory scissors and all kinds of distractions and yeah. cooperative things, but he was doing well in the, what was it, a, a little police car? A little police car. They have, uh, it's like a place that they have sp- specially for, Little kids, so they charge an arm and a leg. And they're like, that'll be $27. I'm like, really? You cut three hairs off of his head. <laughs> Homer Simpson's haircuts are cheaper. <laughs> True. So uh, my point was that, yeah, Declan was playing with this kid, and the kid was, I don't know, like, like you know, I I feel bad, but then I don't because... As someone that's autistic, I feel like I'm allowed to be annoyed, right? Just as a human being. And this kid was, he, he ran up and, Rochelle, thank you very much. The kid was playing with a little BB-8 toy, that, that character from Star Wars, the new Star Wars trilogy. And she's like, well, I don't know who that is, but maybe he will. And the kid runs up and sticks it right in my face. And he might as well have been giving me a lap dance. And I was like, you're a little young. <laughs> and uh, a little too. He did have some personal bubble space. issues. Bubble issues, yeah. And the mom was like on her phone. She's like, "I'm just gonna make up his name, Philip Johnson. Philip Johnson. Philip Johnson. Get back over here, Philip Johnson. Philip Johnson, please. Philip Johnson, get over here. 
Philip Johnson. And I was like, Philip Johnson's about to get punched. <laughs> and I hope it's Declan the karate chops him. Dec- no, I'm just kidding. Obviously, I would never hurt a child. But I thought about it. <laughs> I didn't expect him to run up to you like that. I was caught off guard. So then for the entire rest of the play, I did. I directed him back towards the table. And he was pretty much on, standing on top of me. I was sitting on the Philip floor. Philip Johnson, Philip Johnson. Every 10 seconds, the mom was on her phone and was constantly Philip Johnsoning this little Philip Johnson kid. And And that was frustrating because I'm like, so here's Declan, who's, to be fair, behaving like a champ. Yeah, he did well. And Philip Johnson, not so much. And Rochelle goes into this whole convo with this lady and is talking back and forth. And my first thought, the second she was like, oh, Declan, is our son is autistic. And the lady's like, well, my son's autistic as well. Yeah, from is he an ABA? And Rochelle starts, I was like, the first thing I would have said was, well, we do have a podcast. Rochelle never mentioned the podcast. I Can you believe that? Wanna... Is that not a crime? <laughs> mm. All right, go ahead. Let's hear what you have to say. Speak for yourself. So in that moment, what I saw was more of a parent who, I, based on the way she was speaking, she, she has her own, you know, neurodiversity and she continued to you could tell she could kind of zone out of her own kid a little bit because she, you know looking for that reprieve because it's intense but in the in the moment that she started having this conversation with me about IEPs and OT and you know getting ready for for school and everything I what I saw was a mom who doesn't get the chance to interact with other moms very often because it's a language that we speak we speak you know my child has autism and it's a very it, it it's a very complex language, and if you're not in it, you can't speak it. And I, I I got the impression very quickly that she has nobody to speak it with her, and no one to give her credit for everything she was doing for her son. And so I in that moment I didn't think about hey our podcast because I kind of think of our podcast as more for the adults. And while I think it would have helped, she was an adult. I think it would have helped her, but she was looking for a lot of validation about her. Um, her son and her parenting and I and I think we do talk a lot about Declan and she would have felt welcomed but I didn't feel like it was I didn't feel like she was approachable in terms of presenting something new I felt like she needed an outlet to feel validated and have someone understand what she was doing for her son and that all she needed and wanted was a pat on the back, which she very much deserved. She kept going back to her phone though. And like, like, like the second well, that, we were but like, that oh, was we're an done anxious... with the conversation, she was looking at her phone. She but, had no interest in looking at her child. But I think that's I, right. And I think that that's an anxiety coping mechanism. I think she's anxious. She did the best when, when she put him in timeout and then, um, and he like cuddled with her and then they both reset each other. That was, you know, but I think otherwise she was really anxious sitting in that room with these Philip Johnson. Cause we had these two neurotypical moms that were sitting there with their perfectly behaved kids. How do you know that she's neurotypical though? She could be a spectrumite. I don't know what, I don't know. Um, I didn't get the impression she was neurotypical at okay. the, at the very least anxiety, um, you know, potentially some hyperactive. She was a very anxious person. She's very anxious. I got the impression of it. If I had to say, if I did, I would guess ADHD. Her son has ADHD qualities as well and definitely some spectrum qualities. So, 
you know, who knows? It's all so complex and it overlaps so intricately that, you know, I think one of our Facebook men members said it the best during our conversation that really got a lot of people going and I'm excited to read everyone's comments. But somebody said the most said today, like it's really rare to find an adult that doesn't have both autism and ADHD. And he's right, because according to the research, which is limited at this point, but even the research is saying 80 percent of adults are um, diagnosed with both. And it, and of course, at that point, you've got to always bring in anxiety and depression from a lifetime of not being in a group where you feel like you belong. So, you know, at that moment, I didn't feel like the best thing to do was, hey, we have a podcast, we might be able to help you long term. And because then that's just going to make her feel like she's not doing a good job. And she's like, she needs help when what she just needed was a, a very sincere pat on the back from someone who understood what the hell she's going through. That's what I offered her. That's how I read it. That's what I gave. All right. ABC, Rochelle. Always always be selling. Even though that should be ABS. I don't know why that's... (laughs) I trust and believe that those that, that are meant to find our podcast in the right time and place will. And it's not to say that I don't promote our podcast quite frequently. I mean, I, I, you said today business cards. I'm like, I want that because I do give our podcast to many of my clients that are, I have clients from in both my settings, but in my, in my, my massage setting that doesn't necessarily cross over to here. I do. I messed up. Sorry. It's always be closing. I wondered. I was like, see, that reminded me of, can I, can I go off on a little tangent here real quick? Oh, I don't normally get an intro to the question to that. Yeah, go ahead. Smart ass. All right. (laughs) When I was a teenager, my sister and I were having this conversation. I'm going to lead with uh, something that's completely irrelevant just because it's kind of funny. I was like, do you like Dishwalla? And she's like, excuse me? I was like, do you like Dishwalla? And she was like, you're gross. You're my brother. I can't believe you would ask me that question. I was like, I don't know. I think their music's pretty good. She's like, what did you ask me again? I was like, do you like Dishwalla? Now, Dishwalla, D-I-S-H-W-A-L-L-A. It's a band from the 90s. Do you like Dishwalla? And she goes, oh, you're... No, I've never heard of them. I thought you asked me if I like to swallow. (laughs) Now, I have a point just because this was the beginning of the conversation. And I was like, you know, it's because she started laughing. I was like, well, you know, that's why my friends call me CJ, because I'm a comedial genius. She's like, hey, genius. Genius is spelled with a G. Shouldn't you be CG? And I was like, that's why they call me the comedial genius, CJ. Sometimes it gets a little screwy. That's okay. Anyway, that's where I was going with that convo. (laughs) CJ, that's what they call me. I thought you did a great job maintaining your anxiety sitting in that room because it was very loud and noisy at one point with very a loud lot of people, a lot of tears. Um, there were a couple Mostly of... Mostly my tears. You did a good job of crying silently, but there were, there were two or three different young ladies that were... Um, I think one was sensory sensitive, having her hair washed in the back. That was a hard... Uh, cry to listen to there there's a lot of there's a lot of sensory input going on in that room and for about 20 minutes we were all like someone needs to stop with the fingernails on the on the chalkboard that's how the combination of all those sounds sounded like at least to me with the loud movie playing and the crashing and the toys and the boys were playing with the trains and the girls crying in the background it was 
It's overwhelming. Oh, I love the sound of women crying. Nothing gets me more excited. Sure. I'm kidding. <laughs> wow. So, but always be closing ABS. Always be selling <laughs> abs. Okay. Something like that. Always be sharing. Always be sharing. You never seen that movie? Uh, I always said, you never seen the movie Always Be Closing? It's uh, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. God bless you. Alec, ba- Alec Baldwin does a big scene where he says, ABC, always be closing. It's a great Mm-mm. thing. You should look it up. Anyway. Okay. Well, and I thought um, I thought the day went really well. The week has been ra- rather rough. Oh, we should all say happy birthday to Rochelle. Oh, thank you. It is 100, my- 172 years old. <laughs> And not a day over 20. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Yes. It is my birthday. It's my All birthday right. today, actually. Like, we're not ahead it's of... Rochelle's it's birthday week. So the day that we're recording is actually Rochelle's birthday. Yes. She'll be much older when you hear this. <laughs> 172 and a half. There we go. Yes. I are are we ready for Pop Minute? <laughs> <laughs> kidding well i wanted to go okay so for those that are new to our group i think there's a really valid conversation going on in the facebook group right now and i just wanted to circle back to it because somebody posed a question which i think is an incredible discussion and so um one of our listeners presented our podcast to um to another adult and um as they're both listening to the podcast, then there starts to be this conversation and there is autism in their family. I know because um, I, I do coaching with this family. So I, I know there's already autism in the family. And then the question came up and it, you know, there's already been some evaluations t- 10 years ago before we really understood what uh, um, autism in adults looked like. So, um, if there is autism in this in, in this individual who was just introduced to our podcast, um, we wouldn't know. So then the question becomes, you know, as you start to discover more and more about yourself, even if you have already been through a process, you know, 10 or 15 years ago and, and you have some preliminary information about yourself, is it important to go through and maybe update that evaluation and and see if now there's more that you there's more explanation for some of the things that, that you're still struggling to manage in life because um, life, as you know, Blake, and you've talked much about, like even though you start to get some answers, it feels like other aspects of life start to fall apart again and then you're feeling like you're struggling all over again. So then the question is, it's a valid question for many of our listeners, do you go through the process of getting an evaluation and official diagnosis if you're continuing to struggle or do you work on the self-discovery path and do your best to piece it together with resources that are available? I think that really just depends on what resources you have available. Um, Honestly, for me, it was important for me to get that diagnosis. I needed the diagnosis in order to feel validated. So, you know, put it on credit cards, all that kind of good stuff. Not really good stuff, but I put it on credit cards to pay for it. So, you know, it is not a cheap venture and hopefully you live in a place that uh, offers those types of services. And if they don't, you know, maybe it is worth it to you to, um, spend the money and get the the validation. If not, 
Um, I would recommend at the very least doing as much research as you possibly can, you know, reading up on it, listening to the podcast. You know, we do offer, I hope, some sense of solace for for our listeners. But um, beyond that, we also try to offer other resources. You know, uh, one of those resources being the Facebook page where other people, you know, that have been going through what you're going through will share their experiences. And then also on the show, we do try to offer um, some some resources for you to uh, check out and see if anything resonates with you. If it resonates with you to a degree that you just are feeling like you're about to burst, um, that's how I felt. You know, I felt like once I was even offered the the thought process of like, hey, has anyone ever told you you're autistic? And I said, nope. Um, yeah. It made me start thinking. So I started researching and, and, and reading as much as possible. So that's the, the avenue I would go with. Just find yourself a sense of solace. If, if you don't feel completely... What's the word I'm looking for? If you don't feel like you're completely satisfied with the result then maybe you do need to go through with the more official diagnosis because with that you can get some help mm-hmm. um, they will point you in the right direction they'll give you books to read they'll give you uh, online resources um, there if you know depending on how uh, far along into the uh, spectrum you are there may be resources you know that will be supplemental that you know can help you uh, as far as insurance and stuff like that. Again, we are a mental health awareness podcast, not a mental health podcast. As far as we're not here to tell you what to do, we're not to sub- here to supplement what a mental health professional can do. Right. We just want to help point you in the right direction. Well, and then uh, if you could go back real quick in your story, I think. Everything you said is is right on point. And I just want to remind, if you haven't listened to the very first episode, which is which is fine if you're joining us for the first time, in, in Blake's story, one of the things that made this second evaluation so critical is that you were evaluated three years prior and you and only the ADHD was identified. And ADHD at that time was was so primary um, that everything else was pretty much overlooked. Even the depression was overlooked. It was basically like anxiety and ADHD. Yes, there you go. Boom, you're out the door. And then, okay, that was a lot to grapple with. And then they started you, but ADHD and anxiety, were they starting to treat you for depression then? No. Okay. Not yet. Were you really feeling, de- I mean, I know you've always yes. been, but but was I don't remember it being part of the active conversation because I think the two biggest fires for you were... ADHD and and anxiety is that fair to say am I remembering that right I don't know I mean I don't know if those are the biggest fires I would say all four of them complement or uncomplement one another pretty equally well I think that's fair but what they found or at least what they honed in on was the the two so here's what matters the most is that when they started the medication management portion of it that was a whole different experience and certain things that we were experiencing, uh, we didn't even realize was an impact of the fact that the medication was wrong for you. Right. Yeah, the medication, one of the things that we talked about on the Facebook group today was 
um, one of the members asked me, you know, what medication are you taking that have, that helps you with uh, autism? And I I was I was like, oh wow, I guess I didn't uh, fully flesh out the answer that I gave to the first question, which was, you know, about the person that had a uh, an adult listening to the show for the first time, and my answer is that there is no medication for autism that I know of. Um, but with, uh, the co-occurring diagnoses of having ASD and ADHD, so autism spectrum disorder and attention deficit hyperactive disorder, which the hyperactive part is always funny to me because <laughs> I don't feel very hyperactive. But um, having those co-occurring diagnoses, the medication that they give you can be incorrect. Too if, intense. If, if you are solely thought of as someone that has ADHD when in fact you have ASD as well. So the doctor that I was seeing was like, this is the... the and I've mentioned this several times before where it was like you you couldn't be autistic because you have emotions. Now, you just to be clarified, this, this is the, yes, the, the, the physician that was giving you the ADHD and anxiety medication when you said, hey, I think my, my, my therapist thinks I might be autistic. You know, I'm going in for an evaluation. And then, then he gave you that crappy response. Right. And so I ended up going to see a a new psychiatrist and that doctor after I received the uh, autism diagnosis in addition to being diagnosed with ADHD and anxiety and depression was like, well, you know, sometimes those uh, ADHD medications don't do well for individuals that also are diagnosed with autism. So let's try this other medication and let's tweak this one and let's do this to that one. And so, you know, now I'm on four different medications. But let me jump in here because the why I think is important and I'm going to try and do it really succinctly. So ADHD or ADD, as we know, is a very fast processing, you know, intellect. And the, you, they use medication stimulants to help kind of bring that, that fast pace down in the mental process, which is fine. When you add in autism, it does two things. One, it means you have a much more chemically sensitive brain. That's why everyone, um, at least for parents, we talk about low sugar, we talk about low gluten, we talk about low dairy because all of those things impact, you know, the sensitivity, the chemical sensitivity of your brain. So when you add in a really strong dose of ADHD or anxiety or depression medication on a chemically sensitive brain, you have to titrate slower. You have to start with lower doses. You have to use completely different medications altogether. And the doctor also explained to us that in, a, in addition to a chemically sensitive brain, it's also, you also have a genetic capacity that you have to be aware of. She called it a genetic load, which means the combination of the amount of stress you're under every day to get through the day is, is weighing on your, it's like all adding up to your genetic load, plus your diet, plus your nutrition, plus your amount of sleep, which we know is, is always troubled, 
plus the amount of anxiety that you're going through, plus the medication for any of these things, um, all of these add up and tax the genetic capacity that your body has to process just the normal everyday pieces. So when you're working through the brain chemistry of the ADHD medication, that one piece, or as another listener said, the ADHD medication might work, but then it throws off the depression medication or, you know, you can't, it's like, it, it, I haven't found anyone that can get all four of those corners met really well because then it's like this one's being met, but now the anxiety is not being met or this is being met, but the depression isn't being met. It's like, it's so, it's so complicated. It is very complicated. And that's why we promote the need for physicians. Yes. In this process. Yeah, absolutely. If you are finding yourself in a position to where you need a physician, that rhymed. <laughs> Look at me, I'm like Eminem. I'm the Eminem of podcasts. <laughs> you can be, actually. I could be. Um, we we recommend that you do see a physician. Um, you know, and, and as, as we've heard time and time again, a lot of people that... Uh, uh, comment on posts on the Facebook group. Don't find good solutions for themselves right. with with different medications, and you know even have experimented with cannabis and found that they've had good results with that. I'm not necessarily suggesting that or debunking that in any way. I'm just saying that's what I've heard and that's what I've seen. And if you join the Facebook group, that's what you'll see. Let's join. The group joined the conversation. You don't say autistic YDSA on Facebook. And there's um, other um, natural anti-inflammatory ways that, you know, like there are some healthcare products that can help your body with anti-inflammatory processes. And that can also help take some of the stress off that genetic load we were talking about. Yeah. But I think a lot of people turn to cannabis because it can be available. Depending on. Becoming more accepted. Um, depending on where you live mm -hmm. and, you know, especially from my knowledge in, in the United States, I mean, it's, it's something that's, uh, even recreationally becoming more available and, and not necessarily, it's weird. It's not necessarily legal, but it's, it's, uh, what's the word? Um, What's the word I'm looking for, Rochelle? Well, there's medical. I mean, at least I like the fact that the CBD and the medical portion of it has been decriminalized, separated. That's what I was thinking. Right, that's fair. But there's a lot of medical. Like when we, when I was, uh, when I had my own private practice in in Southern you California. No, I did not. But I was treating um, epileptic epileptic children, and sometimes. Um, these parents were paying a lot of money to try and get a hold of CBD seed oil because it was one of the only things that was reducing the inf inflammation and the, the seizure, you know, um, episodes for their kids. And that was 10 years ago. So there's a whole realm here. But, um, you know, I know that one of the drawbacks to getting an, a diagnosis, especially if it's your second diagnosis, like for you, it was also our second diagnosis, um, is that, like you said, it can be expensive and it can be um, something you have to pay out of pocket for. One of our other listeners brought up a really good point that I actually think applies to you because, and, and, and may apply to future um, individuals because at the time we sought your neuropsychiatric evaluation, the second one, you were in a, you were in a hard place. Might have been, I, 
some people could call it the dark night of the soul, like the, the darkest place that you'd been in at that time. And when we scheduled it, of course, they didn't know that, but we scheduled it, we paid for it, and um, then you had your evaluation, and, it, and the results came out that you were in a pretty dark place. And it turns out insurance paid for your evaluation. So I bring this up because one of the things that happens when you're talking to doctors, and, and I watched you do this many times leading up to this, is that you're so focused on coping to get through your day that you inadvertently mask a lot of the realities of how much you're struggling, even when you're speaking to the provider that you're asking for help for. From. 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 Thank you. And the, the downside of that is that you're inadvertently presenting a version of yourself that's not as accurate as what you're actually Well, feeling. they saw through that, didn't they? Well, they did. But um, part of that's because of the testing process. They interviewed more than just you. You know, like if they're really looking for a full... But I'm saying if you're just going to like your general practitioner or something like if you're if you're painting a happy face or painting a face that's as that's like, hey, I need help. But you're not being super honest about where you really are and where how what you're really feeling. It actually might hinder their ability to to really offer the help that you need. That's all I'm bringing up because it's so common to present the version that you're working really hard to be and not necessarily the version that you're feeling on the inside and that's the piece right. that they need the most to understand that's why i mean I, I told you i have another client that's going through their evaluation in two weeks and um um i filled out oh my gosh oh it took me two hours to fill out the paperwork you know to get the second opinion the outsider's perspective of that person as who is this person i want their social security number <laughs> For HIPAA pre reasons, I say I, it on the air right now. Absolutely not. I I preserve right. HIPAA, so it's just you know another client going through the process. What a hypocrite! <laughs> You're funny. I'm so I'm so stupid. No, I think I think if there's any if you're doing okay to sum up everything we've talked about. If you're in the if you're finding us because you are exploring whether or not you are on the spectrum and you are have any thoughts that you might also have ADHD, that combination specifically, um, there might be an extra reason to explore um, screening tests for both and then potentially getting into someone who can do medication management. And, and that's the term that I found to be the most helpful when I was trying to screen for psychiatrists is someone who's dual diagnosis medication management. Uh, and you can kind of weed through who's going to help you the most. You just had to talk about weed again, didn't you? I didn't. You said weed through. Oh, I meant it as a. I know as, as being, a verb, as not being a silly. Oh. Oh, don't start talking to me about verbs and nouns. I don't even know what the hell. <laughs> I don't. I don't know the meaning of the verb. Fair point. Um. Let's see. Where are we? So do you ever think of yourself as brave? That came out of nowhere. A little bit. No, I do not. I feel like we've asked this question before. Or well, you've asked this question before. I think I've asked you this question offline. Oh. But in but light no, of... no, I do not. Do you think of yourself as strong? Eh. Depends on what I'm lifting. 
<laughs> okay. If it's my penis, then yes. <laughs> I'm very strong. In terms of your character, do you feel like you have a strong character? Sure. What do you like? <clears throat> but so you feel like you have a strong character, but but you're not brave. I don't know. Leave Brittany alone. <laughs> so the reason I ask is because this entire process is not for the faint of heart. And it and I I think of you as brave because you have continued every single day to keep working through what you're thinking, what you're feeling, trying to find solutions in a world that doesn't fit you, that barely understands you, that barely recognizes you, especially as an as an adult. I think that's incredibly brave that you're you are correct. I'm so brave. Thank you. Yep, but I know you're also don't. very sarcastic. I know. I think you are brave and I think that everyone who is in this on this journey is also very brave because you're pushing against an incredible force of not belonging and not understanding and just constantly questioning and being questioned. That's it's tiring. Yes. Yes, it is. Sorry, I guess I don't have much more to say than that. No, that's okay. I mean, I think that I think that's all I want to say is that I just if you don't think of yourself as brave, which I understand because you know, we don't often think of ourselves in our strengths. Uh, we often think of ourselves in the things we're trying to improve, then I want to say to you and everyone else that that you are brave. Thanks. And that you're, you're brave too. No, not not even close. <laughs> not in the same way. Um, Every day you walk outside braless and expect people not to notice. But guess what, Rochelle? I notice. <laughs> <laughs> it's hot here, okay? <laughs> Especially when you go braless. Well, it's less bow, hot then. Bow, bow. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, just kidding. No, I I hear you. And I see you. No, oh, <laughs> thank you. You look like Rachel from Friends. Well, she, yeah, you know, it's surprising. You watch a lot of movies and a lot of women, you don't. I Where was I yesterday? It was really awkward. She wasn't as I looked down. I was like, oh, you're not wearing bras. It's more and more women I'm noticing are not wearing bras. That's right. Everyone's very pro-nipple. Me too. Go nipples. <laughs> well, I think, I think the, what I'm hoping is not necessarily defined by clothing. I think it's more of it's a, a lifestyle choice in yeah I, I hope that we're able to create lifestyles that match what our own personal needs are what our own personal sensory experiences are regardless of the norms I don't think that there are norms that are um, I think there are many norms that need to be broken many molds that need to be shattered and we need to recreate them based on the, the world that we need life you know the we need life to be different and I think it comes from us standing up and saying, this is what I need out of life and this is what I'm going to get. Because the more we sit there and put ourselves in these boxes, uh, the the worse life feels for us. And if life doesn't feel good because we're so busy trying to fit into a box that people don't recognize us fitting into anyways, why are we working so hard in that way? You bring up an excellent point and I wish I had a good response. Well... Just food for thought, I guess. I mean, 
you're right now going through, a, you're continuing your job search. Yes. And I think one of the things that we are running into is that there's a lot of jobs out there, but they require some very, I'm going to say it like this, they require, they require some very neurotypical skills. Like, And they even write these ads in a way that says, you know, detail-oriented, fast-paced, have to be a strong communicator, have to be able to work in our crazy, frenzied environment. And you're just going, <laughs> even if I, you know, am I quote-unquote neurotypical? Sure. I don't even want to work in that environment. But then you sit there and go, I'm just set, you know, you don't, you don't even want to go after those kinds of jobs because people have created environments that just aren't healthy, regardless of neurotype. But, but you have to be a little bit more sensitive about the jobs that you're picking so that you feel good when you're at work. I do. And I mean, it, it is no picnic looking for new jobs. And most of them are jobs like I, I get directed toward me jobs that I'm just not interested in. That's fair. So. That's fair. Sorry, I'm just, I'm not feeling very well tonight. I understand. So, stomach's not feeling well. Taking new medication, or like the same medication, but it's been changed and yeah, that's just ate. First few days on medication. I mean, does it take? Does it take a while, or does it kind of just? Instant? It normally kicks in, but it's just I don't know. For some reason today, I'm just not feeling it. Did you start the new meds today? No. A couple of days ago. Hmm. Sometimes it can They're not new medications, it's just new doses. I understand. Sometimes that can be significant, though. Yeah, maybe. Well, and are you nervous about anything? I mean, you're you're putting yourself out there a lot with all these jobs. Well, I am, I am also braless, so I'm very <laughs> nervous. Are, are my nipples showing? Yes, they are, actually. No. I've got it kind of cold in here since, you know. You're keeping Honey, I'm me. talking to your dad. What's that movie, Slapshot? <laughs> they could cut diamonds. Can I talk to your dad? Yes. I want to talk to your dad. I want to talk to your dad. Okay. Oh, boy. I got permission. Okay, we got permission now. We have about 30 seconds from uh, <laughs> King Tut. <laughs> no, but are you are you nervous about... I mean, you've got to... Like I said, you're doing a lot of interviews right now. You're putting yourself out there, but is there Trying to. anything else you're extra nervous about? Like, I mean, yeah. I mean, I basically have permission if we want to move. So I'm thinking about that and I'm thinking about work, thinking about my current job, thinking about making music for this episode that I'm not very happy with, making, uh, get my computer working again, making sure I'm a good dad. There's a lot of things <laughs> on my mind. Is there anything in your current environment that you're feeling good and confident about? Can you give yourself, can you settle on any thoughts that actually help you feel good to get through all of those others? Um, let's see. What would Vincent say? Let's see here. Vincent is an old employee of mine. He would always say, let's see here. No, I don't know. I think you're a great dad. Tell me more about me. <laughs> well, you remember the other day when I w texted you and I was like, um, yeah, so we're on our way to the office. I hope you can come outside. 
because he was given his Father's Day gift to take home and it was a little bit late. Who's he? Declan. And he just absolutely had to give it to you right then and there. So we drove straight to your office after school to to give it to you because there was no he wasn't going to go home. He didn't want to he didn't want to do anything except hand you the Father's Day gift he made you. Okay. I went out there and I parented so hard. <laughs> I was like, give me that present. I took it. I took the crap out of it. <laughs> well, I, we had the window down and it was like the second he saw you come out of the office, he was like, that's my dad. That's my dad right there. That's my dad. Mom, that's my dad. He's coming to me. Oh, yay. He was so stoked. That's all I had to do was just be there. Yeah. It's pretty easy. Well, that's. That's Dads. a lot. That's all you got to do is just be there. That's a lot, though. Let's go back. Good I mean, enough parenting. If we go back to the earlier conversations about what, how much effort you're putting in just getting yourself through your own day and the list you, and I'm sure the list that you rattled off is only, what, 10% of what you're actually, like, fretting about. Probably. Being there for your son is a huge deal. Because you're you're trying to manage your own struggle and be there for someone else who you know, is in a, in a different place in life that just needs to know that they're loved and you provided that. I did. I'm so brave. You See? are. Oh, but now you're being condescending. But, yeah. You are though. That I'm, if you're not giving yourself credit, let me give you credit. And if you're one of the many I just parents, wanted to hear you say I was brave again. Go ahead. Oh, <laughs> if you're one of the many parents that are also in a similar situation, then let me give you credit for getting through your day. And even if you're not parenting a child and you've got a fur baby or you've got yourself, I mean, it the, the, the thing about life today is it is so much more complex. It is so much more fast paced. It is, it is just not an easy place to be before you factor any of these things in. So if you get yourself through your day, that deserves to be celebrated. I don't think we celebrate the little things enough. He's rolling his eyes at me. I don't think we celebrate the little things enough. I'm writing. I'm not rolling my eyes. Okay. Well, I asked you earlier today. I said, I can't remember what we were talking about, but I asked you, I said, how often do you reward yourself? Oh, you remembered. We, we left the haircut place for him, for Declan, and you remembered that we needed to make an errand a stop for you. And you were nervous beforehand that we were going to forget, but you remembered. And I said, hey, that's awesome remembering. It was awesome remembering. I don't know. I mean, what what am I supposed to, how do I, how do I respond to that? Yeah, you just go, yeah, I did remember. That's awesome. I did. Yay me. Well, okay. So I know you're like throwing your sarcasm voice at me, but did you know that just by giving yourself that little bit of credit, you're actually neurologically wiring and firing your whole mechanism in your brain. My mechanism is just fine. <laughs> I take to, a pill and it's good to go. To give you a bit of a dopamine hit, actually, because you're rewarding yourself for something that you did. So it's going to be just a little bit easier to remember something the next time. Because your brain got what it wanted, which was recognition in that moment. It sounds super trivial, I get it, but I, I've looked at it in four or five different ways from, from several different studies, and the, the, one of the things they say repeatedly is that how you treat yourself, so your own behavior to yourself, do you reward the little things that you do well, is one of the biggest key differentiators between people who can continue to, you know, 
manage the struggle or versus people who are struggling to manage. My little thing is the biggest thing you've ever seen. <laughs> I can tell you're not feeling well when everything's got a below a, the belt reference. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm really like you're losing me. I know, I'm sorry. Well, sorry. Sorry folks. No mistake. No mistake. Oh, my sticker. It's because Rochelle has a little picture of a gnome taking a shit on a mushroom. He's not. He's meditating. He's Oh, there. he's not taking a dump on no, a mushroom? No, he's meditating on the mushroom. He's masturbating on a mushroom? He's not. <laughs> he's a gnome saying namaste, but he's a oh. gnome. See the pun? Yeah. Gnome pedophile. No. Gnome? How often do you punish yourself? He's a gnome masturbator. That's right. How often do I punish myself? Yeah, is there anything you're punishing yourself for right now? I'm so naughty, I'm going to go home and punish myself later. That's not what I meant. No must You're funny. Seriously, um, is there anything you're fretting? Anything? Any mistakes you, you're just reliving and hashing and you've got yourself stuck in a loop what over? What are you getting at, Rochelle? I don't know. Tell Sorry. Me the, tell me the truth. No. Tell me. Come on, Brittany. Gnome. Tell me. What are you punishing yourself for? Oh, I don't know. It's okay to tell me. I really just don't feel well. I can't think. Well, you recently applied for a job that... Oh, you're talking about that. Yeah, so I had I applied for this job and they sent me an email. They're like, hey, respond to this with the... You know, I, there was a little... ten. It said it was a 10-minute test and it turned out to be a three-minute test. And in the middle of the three-minute test, I realized I was behind. And... Uh, the mouse button kept screwing up. And so I missed the last two questions. Pretty sure I got like 28 out of 30 questions correct. But even then I was just like, fucking idiot. Like, why couldn't you just get the mouse to work properly? You probably needed to get all 30 of those right. And then I started questioning whether or not the 28 that I did feel like I got right were actually correct. So pretty much written off that job. But how much are you punishing yourself for those two questions? Like I said, I'm going to punch myself later. Well, that is wiring your and firing your brain in a way that reduces your genetic capacity for stress. It's going to make it harder to sleep. It's shutting down your digestive system. It's putting you in a fight or flight situation, contributing to partly why you might not be feeling well tonight. Hmm. Maybe. But how often do you run across a moment like that where you conceivably made a quote-unquote mistake? You weren't perfect at it, right? That's the ADHD, that need for perfection. Um, I understand. It. This is just, just recognizing it. But how often do you come across that moment and you go, wow, okay, didn't get that perfect. It's okay. It's okay. Never. Do you know those two words? Can you put them together? What? It's okay? Yeah. Yeah. For yourself? Maybe. Can you practice? It's okay. Okay. Do you believe it? No. I know. I know you don't. Why isn't it okay for it to be okay? I don't know. I really would love you for you to help me understand this. I just, what is it about the, the what is it that stops you from being self-compassionate? I'm compassionate against myself, about myself. Okay, so... So to tell the full story, you were using a brand new borrowed laptop for the very first time. You had no idea how to use that mouse and you still got 28 of the questions correct. I blame you for letting me borrow that laptop. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here comes the blame. 
It always ends would have been just fine if I had been able to use a different computer that I knew. Okay, yes, but we don't have a working computer for you in that way. All right. But yes, honey. You want me to? Can you say hi? Hi. Hi. Okay, I love you too. So what do you do for yourself in this moment when you've got multiple things? Like you don't know if it's your medication. You don't know if it's because you're just feeling bad about that assessment. You know, what do you do? I go on to News Minute. (laughs) Nice transition. No, what do I do? What's your question again? How do you like, how do you even start? What do you do to take care of yourself when you're in a position like, like you are right now, when you're, you're not feeling well, your physical body hurts, your, your emotional self is feeling bad. I crawl into a hole and I hope that I feel better tomorrow. Does sleep help? Like sometimes. Okay. Sometimes it doesn't. Well, and you, you factor in new medication. I mean, like we said, it's, it's, not, not, it's not the new, but it's, it's a new dosage. So, And again, I don't know if that's even it. Well, just, it could be a factor. But, but that's what I'm asking. Isn't. So when you've got multiple overlapping things, how do you start? What Sometimes do you do? I just have stomach issues and my stomach doesn't feel well. Right, which is typical with neurodiversity in general. Yeah. So what's your question again? What do you do? For, where do you start? How do you, you said I, I crawl into a hole. Oh, you meant that literally. Yeah, I mean, I... I'll probably go home in a little bit and just go to bed. Okay. Okay. I see. I under, I understand. I mean, that's usually my answer when I have a migraine or <clears throat> when I have physical things going on or I'm feeling, I've actually been feeling kind of depressed lately with some. I look at how many listeners we have. Hint, hint, listeners. <laughs> and I'm like, why? Why don't we have more listeners? No. I actually think we're doing. I think I. I think that everything is going well and everyone will find us in the time that's right for them. And right. our job is to be here for them when they find us. Okay. Can we go to News Minute? News Minute, please. So the United States celebrated Juneteenth on Monday this last week. We talked about it for a minute on the last episode, but just to reiterate for the uninitiated, Juneteenth commemorates June 19th, 1865, when federal troops arrived in Galveston, Texas and gave word to enslaved African Americans that they were free. This was nearly two years after the Emancipation Proclamation was signed. President Joe Biden signed the holiday into federal law on June 17, 2021. Wasting no time, but this is by no means a new holiday. Texas became the first U.S. state to make Juneteenth a paid holiday back in 1980, which makes sense. Okay. Rochelle, because that's, you know, around the time... Of your birthday. It is. I didn't know. Very sensitive subject coming up here. I don't know how far we want to get into this, I'm afraid. But Roe v. Wade, overturned by the Supreme Court. I'm a dude, so I don't know how much I should even have to say about this. Go. I think because At your leisure. Thank you. I think we have, I think because we have so many um, female listeners, it's a really important thing to acknowledge um i i definitely where do you where do you even start with something like this i mean taking away choice it's it's it doesn't it seems almost like whiplash to come on in the same week of just celebrating juneteenth to go from like where where we're like 
I just have, I don't know, all the feelings and, and I don't know how to make sense of all the feelings that I have and, and I don't know where it's going to go. And, and obviously the first things to jump to are fear and anxiety because it's, it feels so big and something that we won't be able to get our hands around anytime soon or change. And so it just feels debilitating because it's like where do you even start and then now I understand it's going to be up to the states to decide like what to do at that point and so that puts us in another you know really awkward situation because then you're going okay so then am I in a state that's gonna protect me or not I mean it's a very 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 scary thing to think about what just happened and I don't I, I um have been removing some long-standing pressures in my life that have been revealing that I have more anxiety and depression than I have ever admitted because I've had such a force to push against for a very long time and I didn't notice. Now that I've removed that force from my life and I'm like, wow, I don't have that to push against and I'm starting to feel more and more of my feelings. I mean, this is like hitting me. Okay. Go ahead very it's hitting me very strongly and i don't know how it could not i mean it's just it's just terrifying honestly that someone else that that my own doctor can't make decisions i don't know what the states are going to do well the craziest thing again me i'm a dude sorry and uh the the reason that i think i've always been pro-choice is that it's none of my fucking business and it's between a woman and her doctor and it should just be that because it's not just about if it was pro, if it was about pro-life, then, then we would be taking care of babies and there wouldn't be so many babies that were up for adoption and there wouldn't be so many babies that didn't have people to care for them. Or die in elementary schools. Yeah. There's a lot of different things. Um, but I've, you know, I think just naturally been pro-choice just because, um, I think there's it, there's more than there's more than one thing. It's not like oh, I'm just I'm pregnant. I'm gonna get an abortion. And even then, even if that's the case, that's it's not some man's business who sits on the Supreme Court or a woman's business. I think even that sits on the Supreme Court. It's about um, you know, just like for a dude, if you if you have some dude related thing I don't know it's not even a, a, an I accurate description because there's nothing like creating a life and there's nothing like having to have that pressure of it's not just creating a life but it's also like what does that potential life do to a like what if what if you have a missed miscarriage and you need to have uh what's it called again a DNC a which DNC. I had to have Right, and that's um, uh, that's technically an abortion. It is, and and my body had missed it for weeks. It was becoming dangerous. So it's like, so what? Now you have to be put in harm's way because of what? Like, it but doesn't that's make any where sense. it's going to come down to the states to identify what those details no, understandable, mean. And, but then what? You have to fly across state lines to uh, get a DNC because the, you and your husband tried to conceive a baby, or. Right. It doesn't like even in the best case scenario, an abortion is never anyone's first never. wish. Never. 
even you if know? exactly there's no exactly and and the thing i think i think i'm struggling the most with and i think this ties back is the people that are making most of the people that are making these decisions are not the individuals that actually have to make these decisions in life and so it just creates this really big separation between like reality and what we think is theoretical, which means that there's some other reason why all of this is happening and it's not what we're being told truthfully. I don't, but I want to say this because right now it's a very inflammatory time. We're all going to be feeling all the feelings, no matter how you feel about the topics, everything's going to be bringing, uh, being raised to the surface there's a lot of terminology being thrown around that is political in nature and not medical. Late term abortion for one is a political term, not a medical term. For our community, we spend a lot of our time sifting through the social terms from the medical terms. This is another one of those moments when I think we need to apply those skills and differentiate between some of the things that we're gonna hear because some things we're going to hear are meant to be more inflammatory and to divide us and keep us in fight or flight where we're not really paying attention to the truth behind it all. And just as much as we put that effort into understanding like what's the real definition of masking, for example, or, you know, what goes into what goes into daily life it requires some research and I think this is one of those areas where managing the anxiety and the fear that's I think intentionally coming from all of this is going to be difficult enough but can be managed to some degree by just continuing to research and get to the bottom of what is true in your in your air and this is just true for the united states but it's not it's not actually i mean i know this is a problem this is a ongoing conversation in multiple countries we're not the first country to go through this right like you're looking at me like i i i don't i said what i can say as a dude i don't really have a whole lot more to add i think other than my lead-in to pop minute. <laughs> go, go ahead. <laughs> so, if you have anything else to say, go ahead and take the floor. No, I, I'm just. I mean, when you when you go through something like as big as this, and it could take, you know, years to kind of work through. In the meantime, we have day-to-day -day responsibility to ourselves and our own our own, you know, experience of life and our own anxieties and 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 things. And so, I think. To some degree, we have to put ourselves first. I think this is a time where, where we can, where we owe it to ourselves to be a little selfish and go, wow, if what I'm hearing on the outside is, is incredibly alarming and I'm feeling really bad about it and it's amping me up and it's making my daily life harder to get through, then I would say this is a time to put a boundary around it because this is not something that's going to be resolved quickly. Right. And a boundary is time and space. A boundary is not looking at the news that night till you're feeling better. The, the boundary is maybe you stop going on certain, you know, news sites until you feel like you're up to the research of getting to the bottom of things. Or, you know, maybe you just you put a, a thing that says, hey, we're not going to talk about this. Or, you know, there's, there's different ways to, to put boundaries between you where you need it. 
I'd say this is a time to practice that. Okay. Because getting all riled up about it, while I think, I mean, I don't know what we can, I, I know there's different things we will be able to do in time, but it's just overwhelming. I have the worst, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Shoot. Transition? Yes. From one thing to the next. Okay. Are we ready for pop minute? <laughs> Uh, I'm afraid. Oh boy, here we go. First of all, I'm a big fan of Beavis and Butthead. Oh, as, as I've mentioned before. Did you watch it? I heard about them coming back with another season of the show, but when the idea of a new movie came up, I was pumped. So it was released on Paramount Plus on Thursday, June 23rd, and it's exactly what I needed it to be. It's very reminiscent of the 90s big screen debut, Beavis and Butthead to America, only this time the boys are sentenced to space camp after they burned down the school's science fair. I don't want to spoil it too much, but the basic premise is that they get sucked into a black hole in 1998 and wind up in 2022, where they spend the majority of the movie figuring out smartphones and trying to score. <laughs> I didn't laugh as much as I'd expected, but it was like a warm nacho-covered blanket, and it <laughs> felt like spending time with old friends. I enjoyed it and recommend giving it a watch if you're a fan of the original series and or the first movie. Now, bear with me on this next one because I went a little off the rails when I wrote this. For ADHD and ADD folks out there, maybe you will appreciate the thought process behind this next bit. But again, it might also drive you nuts. Let's see. Here goes. Eminem and Snoop Dogg just dropped a new track from the D to the LBC. I'm literally going to read this as I wrote it, so I apologize. That has to be a pun, right? However, D stands for Detroit, where M's from, and LBC being Long Beach, California, where Snoop is from. How white do I sound right now? Now, the LBC, that stands for Long Black Cock, am I right? That's Long Beach, dummy. Ah, I didn't see that coming. Hey, yo. Get it? There's a pretty cool hybrid animated music video you can check out on the YouTube. And you can also stream the song itself on Amazon Music, Spotify, and other major platforms. The song kind of reminds me of Gonorrhea. It's catchy, and it came as a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> Fun fact. Okay. And definitely TMI and way off topic, but I digress. I was dating this girl one, <laughs> one time years ago. She broke it off with me. Story of my life. A couple months later, uh, she, she, we split. She sends me this email to my work email with the subject dot, 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 something I need to tell you. Naturally, I was like, oh, my God. She's pregnant. How is this possible? I wore protection. After about 10 minutes of sweating and panicking, I clicked on the email. She goes on to say she has chlamydia. And I was like, woohoo, out loud. Everyone in my office stared at me. Best part of the email is she said, I'm informing all of my partners from the past 60 days per guidelines from my doctor. So she recommends you get yourself checked out. First of all, all of my partners from the past 60 days? How many emails did this chick have to send out? I will be honest I was freaking out. So I called my good friend, Michelle, and she said she'd go with me to the clinic. The doctor was like, of course, the hottest doctor I've ever seen. Oh, no. So I'm in the doctor's office with a nurse and Dr. Margot Robbie, <laughs> who tells me to take my pants down. Shoot. And I know what you're thinking. And no, I didn't run my fingers through her hair and say, I love it when you do that. <laughs> she asked me questions like, did you wear protection? I said, yes. After that and after the world's sexiest exam, she was like, you're fine. I was like, no, you're fine. They did make me pee in a cup, but I think that was just to mess with me. 
She said, you know the chances of catching an STI like chlamydia when you're wearing a condom are like 2%? I was still nervous until those negative test results came back. Another fun fact. When I was growing up, I got super sick. And I remember having to be tested for all these different ailments because they didn't know what I had. Oh, right. So when the first test results came back negative, my mom celebrated. Negative. Your test, came, your test results came back negative. And I was like, then why are you being so positive? Negative is bad. Then she had to explain to my 10-year-old ass, negative doesn't mean bad news. It just means you don't have something. To this day, I think people should just be sending out positive results. But at this point, it might create a little confusion. But again, I digress. Check out the new Eminem and Snoop Dogg song <laughs> from the D to the LBC now. <laughs> That's my thought process. Hey, you were clearly in a better mood when you wrote that. That's funny. Anyway. That's where I was when I wrote that. Okay. Well, that's fair. So we covered a lot of topics today. Who knows what we're going to call this episode? Mm-mm. It's tricky. I haven't even finished the music for this one, so it'll be a surprise to everyone. But I think we're good for this week, right? I think I think it's been a tough week. Yeah, I think. All right, everyone. Stay safe out there. Yeah. My name is Blake. I'm Rochelle. And we will be back.